we begin the I screwed up. I love it. Okay. <laughs> we begin this edition of Odyssey House Journals with a question. When I say drug addict or alcoholic, what do you envision in your brain? Everybody has a picture when you describe something, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, think about it for a second. And you may be watching this on uh, YouTube or you may be listening on a whole bunch of platforms. Yeah. But either way, what do you what do you picture? What what comes to mind in your head? And I suppose it depends on how much knowledge you have of addiction mm -hmm. and recovery. And that's what this podcast is about. I'm Randall Carlisle, my co-host, Rachel Santizo. Hello. Now, if you're watching, do you picture me mm. as a drunk passed out on the street mm. with a little bag filled with cheap wine or something? And mm. if you look at Rachel, do you picture her as a heroin addict mm -hmm. lying under a car to, mm -hmm. to stay safe, mm -hmm. uh, to protect herself, homeless. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and I think, and I'm not patting either of us on the back, but right. we, don't, we don't fit the picture that people's mental image may be of an addict or an alcoholic. Right. Uh, I love that you're discussing this and bringing this up. This is fantastic. I, I, I think certain words are very shaming. My, well, my point is we, we really fight, those of us working in, in this field, uh, the stigma surrounding right. uh, drug addiction and, and alcoholism. Right. Uh, and, and the point is, is that we do recover right. uh, and that we are not the way you might picture somebody. And, and, and the bottom line is this is, and you can ask anyone, any professional, this is a disease. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I, I think a big part of that is verbiage, too. I think that people are addressed as, as junkies or addicts when really I'm a human being with a substance use disorder. I think it starts with our verbiage and being clear on what this really is about and really educating those people. And 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 it really helps if you start thinking about, like if, if your next door neighbor said, uh, I was just diagnosed with cancer, yeah. okay? Your response would be what? I'd be uh, very loving and wanting to support them and be beside them. Yeah, absolutely. Say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. How yeah, can I help? Exactly. But if your next door neighbor said, I'm a heroin addict. I'm going to lock up my stuff. I'm going to hide right. the keys. My, my kids um, can't play yeah. in your yard. Exactly. I mean, exactly. You know, and, and those are the stereotypes that we mm -hmm. fight every day. And, and I think I can speak for both you and me is mm -hmm. when we're, in the throes of our addiction, there's a ton of shame. Uh, you yep. know, I was never happy that I was an alcoholic. Were you happy you were a heroin addict? Well, I can tell you I wasn't 12 years old thinking I was going to grow up to be one. <laughs> Unsheltered yeah, in a heroin addict. Up. Yeah, it's yeah. not something that you dream of becoming by any means. It happens. And 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 it's, it's the same thing if I use the comparison to cancer or diabetes right. or something there's there's just a different reaction mm -hmm. that people have and that's one of the reasons like when i finally admitted the fact that i was an alcoholic yeah. the, the first time i went to a 12-step meeting and you've all seen in movies or tv shows you say 
you introduce yourself. And I and I, I remember the first time saying, I'm Randall, I'm a exactly. alcoholic. Yes. yes. You know, and, and what about you? I mean, yeah, I, I think that, so it's interesting because when I sit down in a meeting now, um, and I'm really respectful to meetings, but when I sit down to share my story, I now introduce myself as Rachel, as a human being. I don't need labels. Um, I want to reduce like the labels because I've worked really hard in my life and what it looks like today is different from what it looked like 11, almost 11 years ago versus five years ago. And so I want to be a human being that gives me permission to live with a substance use disorder and continue to work on myself in different ways. Like it's more emotional. I think um, further in recovery that you have, it's more emotional support and things that you're working on. And so I'm a human being with emotional things that I'm working on today. So you don't like being called a junkie? No, I actually, <laughs> interesting enough, I used to, that's how I used to introduce myself was a junkie. Really? And yeah, because I was. The truth the truth is, is I am a junkie. If I go back out, that's exactly what I will become. But the, also the truth is, is that I don't want to be identified as that. That's not who I am. And if I'm going to stand for this, if I get the opportunity of being sober today, I'm not going to um, people that don't have a voice may never have a voice. That is not how I look at my peers, whether if they're out using, whether if they're 24 hours sober or 10 years, they are not a junkie to me. They are a human being. So I'm not going to address or identify or label as such. That makes sense. And I mean, how would you, I, I can't imagine anyone, like if we use the cancer com comparison, right? Right. If, if somebody would say, well, you smoked, so you deserve to have lung cancer. Yeah. I mean, or, you know, it, it's, it, people just treat our disease differently than they do any other disease. And it, it's getting better. It is right. getting better. And I, and I think a lot of that's miseducation. I think a lot of it's systematic failures as well. Um, and I also believe that some of that is due um, because when I am at my when I'm at a low point in my life, it is very visible. When you see people at a low point, it's very easy to to point blame or point a finger or behaviors that become along with it. But if anybody else, say if you were in that exact same shoes, if you were unsheltered, if you lost everything, whether if it had to do with addiction or not, what if it was divorce? What if it was so many different things, right? But it's visibly seen and so it's easily judged. When really when I'm in that situation, everything that you are looking at is what I feel on the inside. So all this stigma and things that you're saying about me is nothing worse than what I'm telling myself every day than when I'm out there. Yeah, people don't realize that mm -hmm. that that initially I think it's fair to say that we made bad choices. Absolutely. When when our addiction began. Mm -hmm. But once you the addiction kicks in, it's a disease. Okay. Yes. And and for you to tell me that I'm that I had a moral failing yeah. because I drank for so many years, it 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 doesn't help me at all. Doesn't help society. Yeah. You know. I mean, yeah. everybody has addictions or has something that they should be working on anyways in their life. It's just not visible and it's behind closed doors. Yeah. yeah you know, exactly. ours is very visible. But also on the flip side of that is that we are very courageous when when we are able to push through it or when we're given opportunities. 
Today, I didn't understand what addiction was when I was in it, but today I have <laughs> I mean, no doesn't, clue. Yeah. Doesn't that sound stupid? It, it does. No. You don't know the resources. You don't know what's around. So in order for us to like change or create a different type of system, it's standing true in our voices and understanding what it is and educating the rest of the community about it. And that's the hard part. It is. It no. is. I, I, I was judged for being a mom, for losing my kids, for having tattoos for um, being divorced, so many different things. It's just like you become a punching bag because it's easy. Well, well, think about the way society looks at the, at the perfect family with yeah. kids and everything else. Yeah. And, and, and there are so many people uh, who have, are dealing with substance use like you, mm-hmm. uh, and you lost your kids for a while. And basically... I mean, I think it's fair to say that you that your priority was the substance that you needed over your kids. Absolutely. Right? All day, every day. Well, it somebody didn't. who doesn't understand addiction mm-hmm. would say, how in the hell could you make that choice that heroin's more mm-hmm. important than your kids, your own kids? Because the truth of the matter is substances are powerful. They are absolutely powerful and the human becomes powerless. And that is the that is just how addiction works. So if you understand what an addiction is and how it works, it t- completely takes over your life. So when I found out that I was addicted to the pain medication that I was being prescribed, then I started using just so I wouldn't be sick so people wouldn't notice. So the more that you use, the more um, you become accustomed to it. And then the sicker you get and the more that you're going to go do other behaviors. I started buying them from coworkers. Then I was introduced to all these other things. It's just this thing that spirals out of control at that point. Um, and that's how it worked out for me. And, and you're and, and, and you are a loving mom now with I sobriety. Am. I am. And, and a grandma. I am a grandma. Uh, yeah. Uh, which are not the feelings that you had while you were in the height of your addiction. Mm-hmm. And. And deep down inside, mm-hmm. you must have felt terrible making those choices that it didn't seem like you had any any control over. Absolutely. So there was a point. Um, so I was I was addicted to pain medication, and then a friend introduced me to heroin. And the first time I did heroin, I used the needle, and my intentions were good. The reason I used a needle is because I didn't want to smoke and I didn't want the film in the air. Really? I would I would snort, swallow, or inject, yeah, because I had my kids and I had an I had an addiction, but I also love my kids very much and I didn't know what to do or how to do it. Um, and then uh, I also my game plan was to shoot up heroin for two weeks because it was the only thing that that took away withdrawals. When you are on withdrawals, you feel like you're dying. If you are sick, that keeps people sick. Is feeling sick. And so if we don't open up about mat services and just different options for people, we're never going to really combat this. Or if people have a lapse of use or anything like that, like talking about what it really is. But if I feel sick from heroin, I'm going to use before I get help by far. And guess what comes with that? Because I don't have a job. I don't have support. I'm going to do behaviors to get my heroin because it is that powerful. Heroin is a very, all, all drugs, alcohol is a very powerful drug. And it's it's there's a lot of man-made things that uh, they do what they are set out to do, and they are good at it. And like they, now we have like fentanyl, we have these different things. It's only getting worse. Right, you're right, which are stronger. Oh, yes, than, 
But when you were in the height of your addiction, mm -hmm. if you were using heroin and then you heard um, about fentanyl, what would you have said? It's well, I can tell you this. <laughs> what I did hear, because it started coming around a couple of years ago and uh, being in recovery, my first instinct is I was mad because I still have that addict mentality. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. Where was fentanyl when I was using? It wasn't easily accessible. It lasts longer, cheaper. Stronger. Absolutely. That is that is the perfect drug. And that was my first. And I have almost 11 years, but I still have these thoughts. I still have that person. But then I played it through, you know, right. and then but that was my first thought. Understanding the mind yes. of a junkie. No, I shouldn't yeah. say that. Somebody, <laughs> somebody in a human being in recovery. Yeah. Uh, and, and it really means a lot to all of us, I think, to have the public, just right. the general public that doesn't understand addiction to understand that it's a long road yeah. to recovery and it's very hard. Yeah, I think um, I didn't clearly answer your, your question about the kid thing. So I apologize. I just realized that because I can talk to you for hours about all things. Um, my kids, after I started injecting heroin, I, it just became worse. Um, and I wasn't any kind of woman or mother and I knew that. And so I actually loved my kids so much that I signed my rights over. Like, and I, I repeat that because that's not like, um, it's a hard concept for people it is, to get. It is. I loved them so much. I signed my rights over because that's how much I loved them. And as a, as a person being in their full blown, um, addiction like that, that was the hardest decision I've ever made. And I did it because I love them that much and they deserve that. Now, were you high when you made that decision? Probably. Mm -hmm. I was, right. yeah, I was trying to get sober and I just, I couldn't figure it out. I just kept getting high. And then I started hanging out with a gang member and things just spiraled out of control from there. If you, if you are watching or listening to this, I'd be, I obviously, uh, <laughs> I guess Rachel and I are somewhat biased in terms of the way we look at this whole issue That's true. and if you That's true. And, and if you disagree or something and you'd like to comment on it mm -hmm. uh if if you are listening on itunes there's a there's a place that you can uh rate us or or mm -hmm. comment uh and i'd be really interested to hear because i think I think there are people out there that what we're saying, we're making people very angry. Say, mm -hmm. oh, those poor yeah. people, they suffered from, she she did heroin mm -hmm. and he was he, he drank all the time. Those yeah. poor people, I don't feel sorry for you, right. you know. And, I, and there is a huge group of people out there still that don't understand addiction. It's true. Until you're actually, it's in your family or you're faced with it, you're never going to truly understand unless if you try. Right. Like you can keep your um, judgments where you want to. But if you really want to understand something, take the time to understand. So if you're hearing stories and I, I that's how I've grown in my life. I didn't know this stuff. I mean, I was the person that was in it, but that's how I've grown in my life. That's how I'm friends with you is because I listen to people and I listen to their stories and it helps me heal and it helps me make a difference in our community. And so if you really like good, you gave away your kids, you're judge me all you want, which is great. Come have a conversation with me. Yeah. Ask me about it. That's a good, that's a good point. Because one of the things that, that I learned in recovery and, and most people in recovery do is to be honest and open, mm -hmm. right? And we talk about things that maybe you wouldn't be comfortable talking mm -hmm. about. 
And, uh-huh. I, and I think that's the most important part is stepping through that uncomfortability. And also the best part too is ask my kids. I have been nothing but upfront with my kids and they're part of the story too. So in order to break cycles, you have to be completely honest what that cycle looks like. You have to hit it head on. And then now my kids can tell you their side of it. And we have the best relationship. I broke a cycle that I work hard on today and I'm creating something different for my grandkids and moving forward. And you're lucky because things have improved so much in your life. Uh, You and I both have a mutual friend who basically went through pretty much what you went through. Mm -hmm. And one of her now adult daughters, uh, when she got sober, uh, her daughter, her teenage daughter would not talk to her and still to this day will not talk to her. And and that's sort of sad because the daughter obviously was hurt by her addiction. Right, right. And and is holding that inside of herself, which is not healthy for her. Mm-hmm. And it's not healthy for the recovering mom. Yeah. Uh, but but it shows the long term effects of, of addiction. I mean the damage is so deep or so destructive. And I think it goes for any relationship. When it comes to a child, I mean there's a mother or father's love is just unspeakable um on how you create that. But any relationship you're going to burn bridges. And the only thing you can do that I would tell myself is if I do anything in this life, it's to let my kids know it wasn't their fault. Because that's how you're going to break a cycle or that's how you're going to try to create some kind of change um, with it, within the younger generation is to let them know it is not your fault. And I might not be able to make up for all that time, but I'm here doing this today and I'm going to keep doing it because I love you that much and I will keep working at it to let you know that if that's all I do. Yeah, I wish I wish people could understand um, second, third, fourth, fifth chances for people who are dealing with addiction. Yeah, uh, because judgment and name calling and shaming uh, only make it harder to recover. Actually, it actually keeps you comfortable. Because we're doing that to ourselves already. Yeah, right. That's why okay, we're okay. I'm a loser. I admit yeah. it. Okay, I'll have another drink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, thank you. You're not telling me anything I haven't just told myself just five seconds ago. Right. Like, right. thank you. Tell me something different. Show me something different. Everybody has their reasons why. And a lot of it is due to trauma or something somebody's sure. been through or what they've been shown in life, whatever it may be. But if you want to combat something, address it head on and show something different, show some compassion. Show some love. Educate yourself. Truly educate yourself. Yeah. 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 Or judge, but judge on the judge on the side and don't be involved. Stay out of it. If you want to have a full judgment of something, you need to understand it. Get boots on the ground, get educated about it, then judge it. Have you you had people judge you and and say negative things uh, throughout, you know, what you've gone through? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been judged a lot. I not so much um, today. Now it's like different things that I'm judged for. But the the interesting fact is the things that I'm judged for today, kind of some of it stems from that too, or the way I am today. But today I, I stand, I sit a little bit taller, and I don't have to explain myself. Some of it's trauma related. Some of it's from being home. Some of it's eating, like my eating patterns or habits, or feeling like I'm out of food, or like there's a lot of stuff that I still carry around. And I used to feel like I needed to explain this stuff or, or abandonment or feeling secure. And I still have that stuff today, but I don't need to express that to people. If people want to judge me on it, go ahead. But if you want to know something, I'm sitting right here. The, uh, <clears throat> the, the way, 
<laughs> I think society needs, there's, there's hundreds of thousands of addicts out there, yeah. okay? People addicted to whatever substance. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and if you have a negative judgment and say, well, oh, that person should spend years in jail, maybe, mm -hmm. or, or whatever, it, you're going to have to accept the fact sometime that people mm -hmm. do recover and mm -hmm. can become contributing members to society. Yeah. Otherwise, you're writing off hundreds of thousands of people. Right. And here's the other thing, too, is, you know what? Jail is an option sometimes, and jail is the best option sometimes. But so when somebody goes to jail and they have a substance use disorder or an addiction, that's a prime opportunity to help somebody create change and show them something different. Instead of throwing them in and judging them and then creating barriers, that's an opportunity. Sure. And if we start looking at it like that, an actual opportunity to break cycles and do it like to really address things head on, that's what could create all the difference in the world is simply things like that. You're right. I would agree. Sometimes jail is the right thing. Yeah. And well, the best thing. Well, and 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 as you've seen, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I should say Rachel works for Fit to Recover, yes. which is uh, how would you describe Fit to Recover? Uh, a nonprofit recovery center for uh, substance use disorder for okay. nutrition, creative arts, fitness, and community service work. And I work at Odyssey House, mm -hmm. and we see people all the time mm -hmm. uh, come through our programs, mm -hmm. and some are extremely successful, mm -hmm. and others deal with relapse on a yeah. frequent basis. Yeah. Uh, but the point is, when we look at people like that, we don't say, you know, you're 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 the garbage, the dredges of society. And yeah. there's no hope for you. Yeah. So just go away somewhere and do your drugs and forget, you know, you, yeah. it's, they're human beings. I, we all are. Yeah. Like I, I, when I meet anybody, whether if you have a substance use disorder or not, or not either I'm going to form my own opinion and how I feel about you, but I'm not asking for your background or your past history in order for me to talk to you. Nobody has that right to do that. And if you do, you're doing life wrong and you're missing out on a lot of really incredible people. That's true. I, the one thing I've, the, the one thing that surprised me, I've, I've been with Odyssey for five years now. Yeah. And the people I've seen come through when, and we have, we have activities and events that go on mm -hmm. within our program. And, and I, I remember one, uh, there's, there's one every year they have a thing called art for recovery. Yes. Okay. Oh. And we put out a memo to all of our clients mm -hmm. and we say, if, if you have any artistic skills or maybe musical skills or whatever, yes. uh, do something and we can submit this. And some of the artwork has been, I go, wow. Mind-blowing. I know. I remember a client, because I worked at Odyssey and also I'm a graduate, a client did shoes and the shoes blew my mind. Like that was his art and he uh, drew on his shoes and it was incredible huh. like we are so creative and talented it's just been put to the side or we haven't had the somebody to give us that ability to really showcase that um and so when we're able when we're giving these safe platforms these non-judgmental safe platforms oh we have some really incredible people and you at, at ftr you have sort of a a music studio set up right oh yeah we have a creative art space where we do 
open mic, choir, music, art group. I mean, just anything creative that you can think of, that is what that space is for. And, and there's so many creative people. And think of, yeah. uh, well, who was, uh, oh, Van Gogh. Let's, let's take yeah. Van Gogh. Now, there was a guy who was so royally screwed up, mm -hmm. uh, and he was in an asylum for yeah. a good part of his life, and he created this wonderful art. Most famous painting. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm, I, I err on, on the side of saying, you know, there's a heck of a lot of good people who are in recovery mm -hmm. or who are still fighting their addiction. There uh, is. But they have tons of talent. Edgar Allan Poe, what was yeah. he? He was a, was he a heroin addict or, a, you know, he was an, yeah. uh, anyway, he, yeah. he, he, I think he was an opioid addict of some kind. Uh, and, and granted, he, he wrote some really dark stuff, which may have been influenced by his addiction, yeah. but he yeah. was a hell of a writer. Right. You know. And what do you, what do you do with that? I think the more open that we are is how we, we address those things. Like there's going to be there's going to be sides to it. There's going to be darkness. There's going to be things. So it's providing that space to really talk about what this is and what comes with it. So we don't end up with more suicide or overdose or accident overdose. Like we are so, um, I always say, I choose this line of work, um, right? But every day can be full of miracles and tragedies sure. just like that. And that's just the truth of it. And, and, and you know, we obviously the goal of us working in the programs we work in is is recovery. Yes. And 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 hoping that people can deal with their addiction and lead very productive lives. Right. And and it's it's certainly not an exact science and there there is a lot of mm -hmm. what some people would call failure, okay? Yeah. Uh but the point is there is so much success. Yeah. And and I was you know, I was just thinking if if you would have continued your heroin addiction, mm -hmm. and I would have continued mm -hmm. uh, blackout drinking on a daily basis, I would be dead today, and perhaps you would be dead today uh, as well. I, I I, mean, I'm not trying to race you to the finish line, but I would think <laughs> I would have been dead before you, <laughs> injecting in the stuff that's going on. And that is such a scary thought because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have my grandkids in my life. I wouldn't have those things if I didn't have... Mine was VOA, the Volunteers of America, actually say, hey, I've got a safe space that you can stay here right? until you can get a bed at Odyssey. My point about this is, okay, let's take both of us. Now, yeah. I'm not saying that you and I are doing great things in the world, mm -hmm. but we're doing our best to contribute right. to, to dealing with this problem and this situation. Mm -hmm. And if we would not have found recovery yeah. and we'd be dead then the world would have lost what we have been able to contribute right. during our sobriety. And I don't think it's because we're these great anything. No, no, but no. I I'm not think, saying that. Right. But what I do think it is, what you're saying is that we are willing to be vulnerable and really speak about this with integrity and show up for those that are still struggling. Like we are willing to use our experiences as a guiding path to try to help those so we can create that change. And so I think that's what it stems from is that we are um, we are willing to really, I'll lay it out. Yeah, I, I signed my rights over. Like, I, that's just not something you say every day. Right. But I'm willing to say all the things because it's true and it's factual and that's what happens. So so the next time you're tempted to judge somebody yeah. for 
being addicted to any kind of substance, think about the fact that that person could could die. That yeah. person really does want to find recovery in one way or another. Mm -hmm. And for each person, it's a different route. Mm -hmm. And it may be short term. It may take just not one program or whatever, yeah. or it may take years. But yeah. they but people do recover and then they contribute to society. Absolutely. We we still have so much to learn and so many resources and things out there. And, and the truth about addiction is either you are the message or you give the message. There's no in between because either you're going to end up in jail, treatment, you're going to die. There's no positive outcomes <laughs> no, there's not. or you get the gift of recovery and you try to give back. So it's either that's what you get. The only thing constant is change. And the only thing that is even for everybody is death, period. Like that's that's it. So either some people are the messenger, some people give. And that and that fluctuates. Like nothing is perfect. People come, go. <laughs> I mean, it's not, there's no set anything on this, on how it works. Well said. Thank you. Our time is up. Dang and I, I, I must say, I'm glad you're alive. Thank you. I'm really glad you're alive too. <laughs> you mean the world to me. That's yeah, a scary it, thought. I don't it, like it. Uh, yeah. it and, and I'm glad so many people are finding recovery and are alive. And I'm sad about the people who do die on a daily yeah. basis. Me too. Uh, but I guess I would ask everybody watching or listening just to be a little more empathetic. Uh, maybe educate yourself better about what addiction is yeah. uh, or talk to one of us. Or, I mean, if you run into if you run into somebody in recovery, talk to them about it. Uh, and that's the way you learn. Yeah, go right? get back to a local charity or nonprofit. Really learn about it. Sure. So, and that's what this podcast is all about. So, yeah. thank you for watching another or listening to another edition of Odyssey House Journals. Yeah.